0: Get with the programme. It's me, Jackie, and Abby, and Sarah are here. Hello, hey! We're back. How are you guys doing? I'm good. I'm good. Just chilling out, relaxing, relaxing on call. What's the latest with um, TV Foundation stuff, Sarah? Is there anything people should be looking forward to? The next ones to watch are still open. Not an enormous amount of time to go now so if you think about flying you sort of crack on um <laughs> but yeah we're still looking for with him so if you want to get into TV or if you're already working TV and you want to like supercharge your career uh yeah that's what you need so check us out some to say really. great And Abby you you're well. you're hosting the podcast interview this week aren't you Yes. Yeah, so, actually, this week it's Lucy Smith who was on the scheme last year, on the Ones to Watch scheme last year, yes. and has been killing it since then. She's this. great. Um, yeah, we recorded this um, at the end, like, in December last year. Also, she's quite Good. wise and she's very proud of Yorkshire. That's, like, her thing, is, like, oh, love Yorkshire and bringing TV back to Yorkshire. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, you'll hear a bit about that.
1: intro will be like oh yeah we uh, recorded that thing like five months
0: ago
1: <laughs> which is why there's so many references to christmas and the election that's Smith Smith- Smith- smithmas Smithmas.
2: are you mad into christmas big time yeah oh, yeah
0: this i feel like year. i've
2: grown up with christmas being sort of the central pivot of the year yeah so my parents run a garden center up in yorkshire mm. and uh, and literally i mean christmas begins when they buy the new stock in january we price it up over the summer then it's you know out on the shelves in september it's smithmas happy smithmas do you sell Christmas trees at your gardens? Big time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I get really judged if I have a fake Christmas tree at home. Oh, really? So I always have to like really stretch the boundary. It's like always bent at the top because yeah. it hits the ceiling. Yeah, that, that's my Christmas tree. Oh, okay. Cool. So introduce yourself. Yeah, so I'm I'm Lucy Smith and I'm a development producer at Multi-Story Media. So shall we talk about TV? Seeing as that's what Let's we're here it. to do, Let's right? Do that's what we're here to do. What's your what's your favourite TV show? What do you love watching? I mean, in development, in fact, and Love a Fact end format. I try and watch everything I can. So like this year, I've been loving Treasure Island. Mm-hmm. Obviously love Hunted, Yeah. Um, you know, Bake Off, all the classics. Anything multi-story media make. Oh yeah, well, I can't <laughs> announce I'm not sure if I can announce it. Like We've got an amazing, amazing Netflix competition that's yes. coming out, which I was a big part of, a big fashion show. So I love all formatted factual, Mm. Um, I love documentaries, um, uh, some amazing documentaries on Netflix, I thought recently, like Surviving R. Kelly, um, American Factory, um, and that uh, Brinkworth Films Married to a Pedophile, I thought was amazing, Mm -hmm. Um, but then also, you know, I'm just as guilty as the next person of whiling away Sunday afternoons in front of peep show friends and Gavin and Stacey. That's kind of my Sunday <laughs> afternoon staple. What did you grow up watching? What were the big shows that you watched when you were a kid? You've Been Framed.
1: Yep. Big time.
2: <laughs> Get Your Own Back with Dave Benson Phillips. Glad. Um, Ready Steady Cook. Absolutely loved Thanks, Ready Lee Steady Harriet. Cook. So good. Um, Supermarket Sweep. You know, there were all those stuff that is t- coming back. Yeah, all, all of them back. are coming back. Well, with different well, hosts though. You know what though? Get Your Own Back. That Mm. needs to come back, because it needs to come back with adult kids and their boomer parents, Yeah, and it could be a chance for kids to gunge their boomer parents, that's what I think, and vice versa.
1: Well, but the thing is, kids' parents now are Gen X rather than
2: boomers, I think. Boomers were our parents. Yeah, but that's what I mean. We should bring it back to millennials. Oh, so it's like a Saturday night entertainment TV show. My dream, right, is Dave Benson Phillips comes back with Get Your Own Back for adult kids and their parents. It's the time for, ge- you know, there's a generational divide here, guys. Let's yep. gunge each other. That's <laughs> what I
1: say. I mean, I'm always for Dave Bunsen and Phillips being on TV more. I feel Big like he is, he is a treasure that we have. An icon. He's an icon. He's got, um. he's got, like <laughs> I know too much about Dave Bunsen Phillips, but he's got, like, a uh, YouTube series that is kind of like a mockumentary series. Um, what a hero. <laughs> I love
2: that about him. Yeah,
1: he's, um... He's, he's always up to weird things apparently you can rent him for £50 an hour <laughs> like Dave Benson Phillips removal van um, I love him and then he also went up to Edinburgh and did get your, get your Own Back live a couple of years ago and it sold out almost immediately because everyone was like I'm going to go and see Dave Benson Phillips any commissioners
2: right any commissioners listening recommission get your own back Yeah, it's what
1: we want it's what the people want give the people what they want <laughs> <laughs> is there anything this year that you've watched that you've been like I wish I made that
2: I mean, Married to a Pedophile would be up there. I think it's like quite an extraordinary film. Um, I dipped in halfway to start with and didn't realise it was actors. I thought it was actually real people. (laughs) Um, So that was a bit of a shocker when I learnt that it wasn't. Um, I also really loved Treasure Island this year. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was such a fresh way of updating the island format, which is basically watching hungry people surviving on an island, yeah. but adding money, it kind of felt like it was a real comment on our times, like how money can corrupt people, how different alliances are formed, and I thought that by adding money into a social experiment, it was fascinating to see how relationships all sort of unwound, and, and yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I think it's also the complexity of morality as well, mm. which was shown. Oh, it was amazing! And they like find this cash, they'd be like, "Yeah, we're obviously going to hide this in the sand." And then you saw them like giggling, like little schoolboys yeah. coming back to the group. Oh, it was brilliant, really good. I love how we're like we're putting this all on this
1: entertainment format, which was designed purely to be entertaining, and then we're like, "Yeah, let's intellectualize it as post." Oh
2: yeah! Oh come <laughs> on, that's what development people do. That's like
1: classic. Um, So, um, how do you come up with new ideas for TV shows as a development person?
2: New ideas, I mean, God, they can come from anywhere, and I think the tricky thing with development is you're always on, all the time. I wake up, I'm thinking of ideas, Mm -hmm. I go to work, I'm thinking of ideas, I'm commuting, I'm thinking of ideas, I go to bed, I'm dreaming, and I wake up in the middle of the night, I've got to write something down. It's slightly exhausting. (laughs) It's exhausting, and I think you know it's a kind of a twenty four seven job. And most of my best, well, some of my best ideas um, come from when I'm in the shower or when I'm talking to people at the weekend. Um, So I'd say you know we're all part of the zeitgeist. We're all reading the same stuff, all listening to the same stuff. Mm -hmm. But often my best ideas come from just talking to people who are outside of telly uh, and learning about their life. Yeah.
1: Is there there anything that you've done specifically recently that you've been like,
2: oh, maybe I should do this more often because I have got a great idea as a result of this? I think that the the Skyping and casting people has been really interesting. So often in development, you can get so bogged down in reading articles online Mm -hmm. and in newspapers. But um, I was recently involved in a big casting project and got the chance to speak to loads of normal people Mm -hmm. on Skype. And actually just listening to their stories triggered so many other ideas, um, because they're gonna understand they're part of an industry so much and such a deeper level than you're ever going to get from an article um so yeah i'd say really talking to normal people yeah it's because we are
1: in a slight bubble aren't we there's a very specific i always say there's a very specific type of person who goes into tv and so you're just surrounded by the same kind of people and i've noticed it like because i've been going door knocking recently Uh, and i've met a lot a huge cross-section of society and i'm just like
2: Wow, I haven't had conversations like this in a long time. But they're the people who are watching telly. Yeah, you know, exactly. We we watch telly, and I love telly. But you know, I, I I've now gotten into the habit of watching it because you know, it's kind of part of work as well. And you start thinking about it in a work context. Mm. But I think when you get out there and talk to real people and find out what they really care about, you know, you could do door stopping for telly. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> do, do <laughs> you <Yeah>, can campaign, no. <laughs>
1: knocking on people's <laughs> doors, being like, "What are you watching right now? What's <laughs> your best TV idea? Um, Shoots. Yeah. What do you think should be on TV that's not on TV? And They'll be like you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to uh, the start of Lucy Smith. Beata Smith. When did when did Lucy Smith decide she wanted to go into TV? Was it like a thing, like a yearning that you have from being a young child? Because you went to Durham and studied English.
2: Yes, I did. Hmm. Yeah, it definitely wasn't then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, that um, my uni experience actually put me off a TV uh, a career in in media and telly. Um, I guess for me, my journey sort of starts from an intense fear of public speaking. Okay. Weirdly, yeah. So at school I re-feared the school presentation. We had to give presentations yeah. in class. Um and I remember just freaking out like so much stuff could go wrong. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing a presentation where I had to stand up and speak in class, I would get my dad's little handy cam, and I'd make a little tiny film of whatever it is I was doing, whether it was like shell shock or, you know, a project about rivers, um, and then make a little film about it and show it because nothing could go wrong if it was yeah. on screen. It was already done. Um so that was sort of, I guess, how I started realising that it's quite a powerful medium, like filming stuff, because yeah. people just transfix, like that geography lesson where you teach a bungs on a video and everyone's yeah. like, yeah, video time! <laughs> um, so I guess that's where it started, and then um, at uni I was really interested in telly, uh, I loved watching it, but I thought I might go down more of the business side of of being creative, So. I actually went into public relations because yeah. um, I love writing, and I thought I thought it would be something that it then wasn't, mm. um, and I met someone um, who was in telly, a chap called Shauna Reardon, um, he was uh, an exec producer at the time at Chalkboard TV, and he said, why don't you just come along be a runner, and so I did that for a little bit, and then he said, why don't you come you know, try for the NFTS, the National Film and Television School, so went and did that, and you know, the rest is history, kind of got into telly that way.
1: And you never gave up. Never gave up. I never gave up. I just, I think, have you loved TV more and more? Because, like, I especially because, like, I think at A. P. level, a lot of people drop out because they fall out of love with television. Whereas, like, I think because I have worked with you, I know that you have a lot of like passion for TV, and I've always kind of like looked at you and been like, I wish, I wish I had as much. Like, you're so passionate. We talk about Abby. No, but you're so enthusiastic about so much television. Um, was there ever a point at which you were like, maybe I'll set this in. Maybe, maybe I don't love TV as much as I thought I did, and then like refine your voice. I
2: think, I think, being in development, mm-hmm. it's such a restless part of the job. It's such a restless part of telly yeah. that you're always doing different stuff. And there's definitely been times where I've been working on a project and got unbelievably frustrated because you've spent weeks working on a treatment and you know it's never gonna go anywhere. You know that that idea is not gonna get commissioned. <laughs> and that is frustrating. But the light at the end of the tunnel, I think, is that there's always a new idea. There's always a new project to get involved with. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I've always loved about telly right from the beginning has been the fact that you can reach so many people mm-hmm. um, and making subjects watchable and entertaining, making people smile, um, you know, make, bringing the light to the end of someone's day after a heavy day at work—that is why we're all in this business, surely. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> but I think also like there's a lot of like I've met a lot of APs at the moment who are like quite
1: frustrated in their role, um, and they don't really see progress. I guess maybe it's different like when you feel like you can see a future in TV. I guess because there's
2: so many You mean if they have reached a dead end and they feel like they can't It feels progress. like a dead end
1: to some people sometimes or you just kind of fall out of love with television I guess.
2: Yeah, and I think the freelance life is a bit of yeah. a grind and I and I understand that, you know, especially in production when you're moving yeah. so fast onto different projects. I think it's slightly different when when you're in development, you know, you yeah. have slightly the luxury of slightly longer contracts. So maybe I haven't had to face the the tough side of telly in that regard
1: maybe you're just a very positive person about it that ah, maybe. I think I, I think I have gone through the bit where I'm like is this is what I want to do um, despite the
2: fact that I work in development but I just think like I just think with telly there's never been a more exciting time to be in telly You know, they say, loads of people say that Telly's dead. I know you're laughing at me now. You're smiling going, oh, what are you talking about? I'm trying to see the negative. Um, No, no, no. I'm I'm, I'm laughing because I like your positivity. No, but I just think, you know, as a production company, you know, if... If my big dream is to have a production company in the future, yeah. I can see myself making shows for YouTube and self funding them. Yeah. I can see myself working with local talent and putting it on a website. You know, there's Quibi, there's Netflix, there's Amazon, there's all the terrestrial channels and they're all battling for us to come up with the best ideas. And I yeah. think, you know, we are we are the people that have the power to make that yeah. happen. Um so yeah, I think it's a really exciting time to be in telly. The one thing I would say is that sometimes you'll be working on a show and it will be about air ambulance, for example, yeah. and you, you learn from all these amazing paramedics and you hear their amazing stories and you think, I should be a paramedic because you know it's such an amazing career and you make such a difference. So hearing about other people's amazing careers sometimes makes you yearnful yeah, I think that's something. it. That's
1: exactly it. It's like, after all, you're like, I'm just messing around all the mm-hmm. time for work. Should I be doing something more with the brain that I've been given? Don't tell anyone but. else. <laughs> it's so good. But I think entertainment and being able to make people enjoy themselves is mm-hmm. really important. think uh, that's. Like, everyone needs some downtime. Everyone needs to veg out in front of the TV. And that's what we're helping them do. Oh, yeah. Be a little less
2: you know what like when I was growing up I never thought I could ever have a career in telly because there was no telly in Yorkshire in the same way that there was in Manchester or London and and for me it gives me such heart that that Yorkshire is opening that Bristol's opening that Glasgow's opening there are all these amazing regional centres around the UK Mm. where kids can grow up outside London and have an amazing career and think that's for me my big TV goal is to Push the next generation of makers yeah. beyond the m25 yeah. um yeah so that well, would be my mission you say
1: that about london but also it's a similar thing for me is like i grew up in east london in kind of a working class area very diverse even though the bbc donut was in west london it felt like an entire world away yeah. to us and so i think by opening up and more people like us entering the industry really and being those kind of um, Got mentors, but uh, what word am I looking for? Role models. Role models. There <laughs> Role we go. Models. Role models for those people. It really is opening up doors. I've had do. so many people get in contact with me, being like, "Can you help me?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yes, I <laughs> and can." And you do. Yeah, and that's you do. Thing. You want you want that change. Yeah, you, you want to see that change in the industry. Um. So, like talking about you mentioned talent, Well, I get quite frustrated personally about, like how reality TV stars take over the whole of television, pretty much, and sometimes I meet someone who I think is amazing and I think they make great television but it's so difficult getting them across the line whether that be comedians or whether that be like experts of some kind because they don't have like a social media mm. following so yeah how do you go about selling those people how do you what do you how do you feel about that
2: <laughs> it's tough it's tough I I think right now, this particular moment, 2019, 2020, 2021, is not the time to break new talent on television in a traditional sense. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're we're living in an era where, you know, in in Brexit Britain, we seek stability. And so commissioners want old faces, they want Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen, they want Alan Titchmarsh, they want people that have a nostalgia to them. Um, And I think if you're new talent trying to break through, it is tricky to break onto terrestrial television, but I also do think, to caveat that, there has never been an opportunity for new talent like like YouTube and mm-hmm. like like um, Vimeo, and I see a lot of people coming up with their own channels and making their own content online, and actually they have such amazing editorial control over their stuff, yeah. um, and, and some of them do really, really well, and they get amazing followings, more than they would on terrestrial TV. Um, so I think, great if you have the get up and go and the kind of the time to be able to invest in your own content and image. But I think if you're if you're desperately trying to get on terrestrial telly, it's not I, I almost don't think it's the right time to do that. I mean even yeah even channel 4 unfortunately like you know, it heralds itself as kind of the channel of new talent mm-hmm. but even channel 4 is really struggling to break new people so um yeah i guess like they, mo
1: gilligan has got a bit of a following now but he was he was being a comedian for like 5 6 years yeah. before his instagram went uh, mental and then channel 4 basically gave him a show
2: yeah um, and you look at stuff like um you look at stuff on bbc3 again mm. a place that would be great for launching new talent they have RuPaul's Drag Race, they have a Rap Game, and they're tried and tested formats that have done really well abroad. Yeah. And it, it doesn't feel particularly risky, it doesn't feel like a risky time at the moment. So we're all like, you know, hedging our bets for maybe maybe a year or two when yeah. things have settled down. I I
1: find that so slightly <laughs> I find that slightly depressing. Because I feel like that is why there's a talent vacuum as well because since Anton Deck's era of presenters, Mm -hmm. we haven't broken anyone new, aside from kind of Caroline Black, but I feel like she was broken by um, having that kind of Daily Mail, kind of Mm paparazzi-esque kind of rise. Um, And as a result of that, we have this talent vacuum of presenters and even just commentators generally, and we're just like relying on all these old voices. That don't actually reflect most of Britain anymore.
2: Yeah, that's true. And but the one I guess the one thing I would say is if you look at Love Island, right, it is people a lot of them are self-made influencers who have gone online and built these extraordinary followers, albeit from bikini pics. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But they've built these followers. They've then gone on Love Island and actually quite a lot of them end up with shows off the back of it, like Jack Finchin's doing really well, Danny's doing really well. But what do they have to say? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> that's true. Maybe that's this true, but the, this
1: is the problem. I think a lot of young people are turned off British TV yeah. and terrestrial TV because none of the TV is actually showing anything that anyone has to say.
2: Yeah. You're right.
1: Um Whereas on Netflix, you're getting people who, yes, it's shoved in your face, and that's why you're watching it. Mm. But you are getting people who have a coherent point of view, who are kind of like they're cool and they're young and they're edgy, but they have something to say, mm-hmm. and so. And you're getting more takeout from it as well, rather than this kind of like middle of takeout and entertainment.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with
1: that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would agree with that. Yes. Take my point of view. (laughs) In development, you have to work with lots of different types of people, right? Yeah. Um, And sometimes you don't have a choice over the people that you work with. How do you foster a really good collaborative environment with people who might not be the same as you or might not see things the same as you?
2: I think it's always good to have a mix of people in development team. Mm-hmm. That's the best type of development team when when you all come with a different perspective. I think what can be tricky is like you say like working with people who don't necessarily you don't necessarily click with all the time mm-hmm. or, or that you have very different perspectives to. Yeah. And I have a very practical method for dealing with this. So <laughs> so this is my <laughs> coping this. Yeah this lot. is my coping strategy because I've thought about this before it's cuz because the people you work with in development are your job. That yeah. you, you are only a sum of the people around you, essentially. Yeah. Um, so my method is really simple. You get a piece of paper, right? You get a green pen and you get a red pen. (laughs) It's
1: a pros and (laughs) cons. Honestly,
2: this is what you do. So what you do is in the red pen, Mm -hmm. if it's someone that you're having a tricky relationship with or you're very, very different to, you write down all your differences on the left-hand side of the paper in red. So Mm -hmm. all the things that maybe frustrate you or that are different to you, (laughs) write them all down. And then with your green pen on the other side, you write down all the ways you can kind of make sure that relationship works. For example, do you do this every time a new person enters the team? Did you do this about me? Please tell me you did it about uh, me. I did. You're always a joy to work without <laughs> me. I never had to do this with you. <laughs> but but it, I think it's what's really helpful is it, it really it helps you realise that if someone's if someone's quite snappy with their feedback with you, it, they mm. might just be stressed because they're overloaded. Yeah. Or you know, if someone um, you know isn't as good at timekeeping, you know, maybe they they always stay late to get their work done. There's always something yeah. that kind of caveats it and it's good to see that people are different and there are ways of working around that.
1: Yeah, I think like, this is the thing, is like development's is for the highly sensitive people, really, isn't oh, yeah. it? Because we're all like, oh yeah, ideas people, and then we're really sensitive when like, other people don't like our ideas, or other people don't really get what we're talking about. Yeah. And
2: yeah. I would say feedback is so important. Like, mm. in, in any team, whether it's production development, whether it's not even in telly, yeah. if you're not getting feedback on how you're doing your job, how can you do it, how yeah. can you improve? Um, but it's giving that feedback in a constructive way that I think is a learned task yeah, <laughs> over I mean. a long time. It's <laughs> very so hard yeah. to, take, to not take it personally if there's an idea you're really passionate about and someone thinks it's rubbish.
1: Yeah, or they just genuinely don't see to eye with you on it. Yeah. Which, you know, it happens. We're all oh, yeah. different. We all have different tastes and different vibes.
2: You take your chart out. You take a deep breath.
1: Yeah, Go for it. Uh, in a similar way, how do you, like, so, because TV is a freelance industry, you do move around a bit more, a bit less in development than in um, in production, but you are often the new guy, and it can be quite difficult going into, especially a team that's quite co hip like, quite, quite established, mm-hmm. and being the new person, being like, I have an idea.
2: Um, have you ever learned how to deal with that situation, slash, what do you do when you're the new guy? When <laughs> you're the new guy. Uh, I always bring tea on my mm-hmm. first day. Oh. always you
0: want
2: to have a tea? Yorkshire tea, of course. I bring a massive sack of Yorkshire tea, and no one can believe I their eyes. You did go more Yorkshire when you started talking about Yorkshire. Oh, yeah, <laughs> honestly, Yorkshire. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I've been in London's, I lost my accent, but um, yeah, I always bring a massive sack of Yorkshire tea because it's symbolic, right? It's symbolic that you're you're kind of a go it person, you're got you're you're part of a warm community, and you're willing to share, yeah, right? So, I think. Bring tea. It's my number one tip. That's what I always do. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: and I think in terms of kind of being heard in a in a new team, I think the first thing you can do is just spend the first few weeks just getting to know people. Don't worry about the ideas. Yeah. Don't worry about always having an opinion on everything. Spend a couple of weeks getting to learn the lay of the land. Um, and then when you feel like you've got you know, you've got that, you know you know how what the team dynamics like. Bring yeah. a couple of corker ideas um, and wait for your moment. I think. Yeah, that's what I'd say. It's don't just do a scattergun approach of saying something because you feel like you have to say something.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way, don't they? Because especially when you're in a big team and it's quiet meeting, hmm. and all of a sudden you're like, oh god, I should say something.
2: And it's really important to realise you've been you've been hired for a reason because yeah. you're different. You know, no one's gonna hire someone who's just the same as someone else in their team so as long as you appreciate that yeah that's, that's i think a good lesson but also know. like
1: sometimes you have a terrifying boss <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> you're just like ah yeah. i don't know how you feel about me um and so it's quite difficult to like actually but I think what you said is right. Like, figure out the lay of the land. Yeah. And take your time. Definitely. Nestling in. Don't go in all guns are blazing. <laughs> yeah. Which is what I
2: tend to do. Well, no, I think no. If it's you, it's part of you. Go in all guns blazing, right? <laughs> That's important. You've got to be true to yourself. But um, but I would just say it. I've always find it found it really helpful just to have know a week or so just to really try and get to grips with you know is this a really serious team is this a team that loves to have a laugh mm. you know are pints on a friday a thing if you don't drink <laughs> like how do you do it? you know what i mean like just working yeah. out waste it
1: as we were talking about earlier tv can be a 24-hour ch- job yes or well, it is a 24-hour job when you're in development yeah how do you make sure it doesn't take over your entire life um and relax recharge because I guess creativity takes so much energy out of mm. the person and it's I take really it really all out to on have my husband. Yeah. self <laughs> oh, Poor Thomas. <laughs> no, I don't really.
2: <laughs> um, poor guy. Um, I how do I recharge? I recharge. I mean, I'm so lucky that that I do have Thomas and yeah. um and I also have a lovely little dog, room. Mm-hmm. And every morning, I walk in the park for an hour or so. And so I'm so lucky to have that opportunity to just clear my head every morning. I walk an awful lot. I walk probably two to three hours a day, actually. That's quite good for meditate. It's a form of
1: meditation, isn't it? Yeah, it is.
2: And like, I wake up early and probably in the morning, I probably have a two hour walk because I walk from the park to the office. and then in the evening I'll have another hour walk just because just because I can. You're walking a lot, Lucy. I don't realise you're this much. Up my step count. <laughs> but I find I find walking really helps me just clear my head and not think about telly and just absorb stuff that's around me. Yes, yeah, so I'd say walking. Do you have any hobbies outside of work that you like kind of?
1: Do I? Get your anger out
2: with or like <laughs> You know I box. <laughs> yeah, maybe so I was like get your anger out. turns out, out. With. turns out my hobbies are quite aggressive. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like i the opposite to you as a vibe in terms of in person. Yeah. Anything that I'm, like, you know, has a weapon, right? No, I'm joking, I'm joking. Let's so cut that.
1: Boxing. Um, <laughs> let's
2: cut that. Um yeah, boxing, I love boxing. Mm-hmm. I just gets all your aggression out. Um I'm learning to become um, a qualified archer at the moment i'm doing archery (laughs) so if you're a qualified archer does that mean you get to teach arching afterwards yeah it means it's your first step towards qualification towards teaching but also it means you can legally own your own bow and arrow
1: how long ago did you become a did you start doing this
2: so i've been doing it for a couple of months now okay um it goes into into the next month okay um and then i'll I'll have my certificate so you can't
1: own a bow and arrow right now
2: uh no, like the little, you can own like toy ones, but like a proper full-on Yeah, the huge ones yeah. that are like the size of the Katniss unit, Everdeen basically. style, yeah. That's oh, what I'm cool. going for. That's the vibe. Are
1: you gonna like start shooting squirrels out of trees doing uh, a joke,
2: doing a fake news, Joe Swenson? Uh, <laughs> maybe not. I don't think it will be that good. <laughs> moving targets. Um, no, but I'd say I do with my hobbies, I'm quite a restless person. So I box, yeah. I do archery, I paint, I do origami. So,
1: all quite um, relaxing and anger yeah. getting out, kind of meditation, yeah. quite physical.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's good to do. So, when you have like, so occasionally in development, you will get blocked. Mm-hmm. Like, you will, like it's like writing, writing. anything creative, you get blocked. You're like, oh my God, I can't mm-hmm. think anymore. Oh, yeah. My brain is so full of information, but yeah. nothing is coming out coherently. Do you have any techniques to manage that?
2: I think development block comes on a, an almost daily basis um, <laughs> oh, really? like yeah because you'll you have amazing ideas in the morning and then mm. in the afternoon you won't or like you know there'll yeah. always be times in development all the time where you're feeling block but again my trusty felt tip pens are my salvation so if I'm ever having a writer's block or, or development block I will put I'll put loads of themes that I think are really relevant, like zeitgeisty themes, Mm -hmm. in the middle of a piece of paper. So say it's, I don't know, like veganism might be one, right? So you put that in the middle of the paper and then you put all the different things about the veganism around it. So you basically build a spider diagram of veganism, right? Yeah. (laughs) And you work out where the gaps are. Like, could you take vegans to do killer, cook it, eat it? You know, is there a competition you could do? Is there a chef travelogue? Like, what are the genres you can mash things up? Yeah. Um, so, like, I was thinking about competitions. I was thinking about health, um, and it was thinking: could you make illness competitive? Could you do a competition <laughs> where people <laughs> compete to get ill the fastest, right, for flu season? And actually, it's like a really weird backward way into um, things you can do. To yeah, like things you can stop um, mm-hmm. illness with. Um, yeah. So, I think that's what I do. I make a spider diagram of inspiration with that's my really felt tip pens. Well, it's it's
1: did you Do that off someone
2: else, or or did you come up with it yourself? I am a very visual person, Mm. and so I always revised like that at school, and so I just kind of carried that on into my telly thing. So yeah, that's that's a Smith original right there. (laughs) Um, And just one last question: What's your big TV cause?
1: What's the big dream? What do you want to do? What do you want to achieve in TV? What's the thing you're going to change? okay so because we've all had you down as someone who's going to change the
2: industry
1: well when I say we've all had you down I've had
2: you down cheers Abby (laughs) Um, okay so for me it all stems from okay so I'm from Yorkshire Mm -hmm. I want to go back to Leeds I want to set up a production company in Leeds but I don't just want it to be a kind of regional production company and I don't think anyone really sets out with that you know, as a, as a goal, everyone who's setting up a company beyond London also wants it to be an international company, a Ooh. big commercial company, and I have a real bugbear, a real bugbear with the term nations and regions, yeah. I think it, it, it is prov- provincial and it, it makes people immediately think that you're small, yeah. that you're a nations and regions company, um, and so for me, I'm like, well, you know, there's, there's like 57 million people who live outside of London. There are 9 million people in London. Can we not re-categorise the TV industry so we have the London TV industry and the TV industry, you know? And so I, you know, my big, big goal is to go to Leeds and establish a company. Um, With Channel 4 moving there as well, it might be
0: perfect time,
2: right? Yeah, it's exciting. I think, you know, and talking to some of the companies up there, you know, Wise Owl with Mark Robinson, he's amazing. He's doing great things up there. Jess Fowl with True North, you know, there's so much action happening in Leeds already mm. um and I'd love to just go up and be part of that movement and part of you know expanding the Yorkshire the Yorkshire industry yeah so vive le Yorkshire that's vive what I'm saying vive le Yorkshire
1: I don't know why we did that in French accents but uh, the
2: Yorkshire accent. well it's tour de Yorkshire that's what it comes from maybe tour de yeah. Yorkshire there you go what do you
1: mean tour de Yorkshire well it's a
2: big big cycle race Cycle oh, race up north. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like Tour de France. Inspires, yeah, there you go.
1: Oh. Sometimes I quite know soggy. About that. Okay. So, you did Once to Watch last year. Yeah. Um, you really enjoyed yourself at Once to Watch last year. What is your advice? Like, do you advise do you, people to do it? Why should they do it?
2: Please apply. It's amazing. It's so good. I think for me, it was all about the people when I was up there. So, mm-hmm. it's kind of the people you meet. Are just extraordinary, and they're all from such amazing backgrounds with such different takes on the industry because they're all from different roles and different types of company and different places around the UK. Yeah. Um, and so, all the girls from last year, plus James, <laughs> we called it like the James's Hendu. Yeah, it was last year because it was all the women, just James. Um, but they were they were quite extraordinary, and I'm so excited to see what they'll do in the future. Um and then from my point of view, you know, you know, I learned so much about the industry and about areas of the industry I had no idea about. Um and it was a laugh. You know, the sessions were great. We went out in the evenings and we just had a really good time. You so. did like
1: Oki didn't you? Massey really? oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> the karaoke was off the charts. It was so good. Um and and I think it, it's such a it's such a good calling card to be part of that scheme Ooh. and and to to be talking to people about the future of telly, and that was really exciting because also you're around some of the most influential people in British oh, yeah. television, right? Yeah, international television, even. But I think what was really refreshing was knowing that although you're surrounded by all those amazing speakers and you're hearing all these amazing speakers, yeah, all of the young uns coming up have a different perspective on it, mm. and so hearing their perspective on it and how they think the TV industry is going to change was really refreshing.
1: Yeah, because you worked on one of the sessions, didn't you, which was Evil
2: Controllers versus Gen oh, yeah. Z, right? It was amazing. Gen Z were like, if we've seen it on YouTube, we don't want to see it on telly. I was like, wow, I have learned something here. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be developing any more TV shows inspired by YouTube clips. Yeah, um, yeah really fascinating. There was a huge divide between the two of them. I remember
1: going to it and being like,
2: Wow, well, TV people have no idea what
1: Gen Z was. Yeah,
2: well, also, I think like there's this perception that Gen Z are this hugely urban... Um, mm-hmm urban group of people yeah. who are, you know, are interested in very, very specific, quite gritty topics they're just this, you know, a lot of them are just the same as other young people they've yeah. just got more media at their fingertips and we all just want to see Dave Benson Phillips back on TV right? absolutely yeah Dave <laughs> no that's millennials Dave <laughs> Benson Phillips <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was gunned by Dave Benson Phillips earlier in the year that was a highlight was a real highlight but, um, but no they they love the countryside they love camping they love cycling they're very clean uh, uh, as in clean eating mm. um, and I think you know we, we ignore that at our peril
1: great well thank you for all your advice mate
2: happy Thank to be for here everything you've said i feel like i've learned a lot despite the fact that we've worked in the industry for the same amount of time i honestly <laughs> like i hope i hope some of that is insightful because it's just everyone's perspective everyone's route into the industry is different everyone's yeah. perspective on the industry is different and you know i'm very passionate about it i know you are very very yeah. passionate about it um, and hopefully we can inspire the next lot of people to be very passionate about it too yeah. <laughs>
0: thank you for listening
2: to this episode of get with the program if you want to find out more about us you can go to our website www.thetvfestival.com or you can find out more about the network or wants to watch on our twitter and instagram pages at the network underscore tv or at wants to watch underscore tv we'll have more episodes coming very soon but in the meantime there's plenty in our archive for you to listen to thank you again and we'll see you soon bye